The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Philip Lagerkranzer, Senior Crypto Editor for Bloomberg News. In today for Stacey Marie Ishmael. It is Wednesday, January the 25th. All right, folks, let me state the obvious here. 2022 was not a good year for crypto. From the Terra Luna collapse to the Celsius and 3AC bankruptcies to the FTX implosion last November. The end of Sam Bankman-Fried's empire created a contagion effect that was especially felt by crypto exchanges, like publicly traded Coinbase. In early January, the exchange settled with New York regulators who accused it of significant compliance program failing. And that wasn't the end of Coinbase's troubles. Later in January, Coinbase also said it's laying off 20% of its workforce and closing the bulk of its Japan operations. And the picture may be equally dim for other global exchanges. Users are nervous, and in many cases, they're pulling funds from the exchanges. And joining me today to talk about this are Bloomberg Senior Editor Anna Herrera, if volumes are down and you have less customers and people are just holding or are scared or withdrawing, even worse, withdrawing the crypto they have on your platform, you kind of go in survival mode. And one thing we know of Coinbase is that they're pretty good at survival mode, right? And Bloomberg reporter Yuichi Yang. Moving forward, the exchanges, they really have to be more transparent. They have to prove that they're not misusing customer funds that's no longer taken as granted. Coinbase is having a bad month. Coinbase has reached a $100 million settlement with New York regulators. Half of the money is a fine. Regulators found that the crypto exchange violated anti-money laundering laws, letting customers basically open accounts with insufficient background checks. The other $50 million, well, that's going to be used to improve compliance. Shares climbed upwards. It started in early January with a settlement worth about $100 million with New York. Yueshi, can you... Um, Tell us a little bit about what happened there and what were the uh, allegations against Coinbase. The accusations from the regulator is that Coinbase treated customer onboarding process as a simple check-the-box exercise and failed to conduct due diligence. And in the, the order, they mentioned examples of, for example, Coinbase letting individuals who are faking to be employee of a company to open an account on behalf of that company in an effort to steal funds from the company. And Coinbase um, said that they're taking substantial measures to correct these short, shortcomings. They highlighted that these were all historical issues and they are ready to move forward. This was one of the, the events that Coinbase has been grappling with, as well as other major exchanges, including Binance and um, FTX before its collapse. Yeah, I want to touch on that because um, in no way is Coinbase alone in being a crypto exchange that has fallen afoul of regulators. 
and, you know, gotten in trouble over limits or shortcomings in KYC. I mean, Anna, you've covered this for years. How has it been over the years when it comes to crypto exchanges and, you know, the various blow-ups and shortcomings in that regard? Yeah, so KYC has always been a big issue for crypto in general and for crypto exchanges. At the beginning, there were, you know, exchanges that famously never actually asked for any documentation for you to trade on them. I remember there was a famous uh, testimony, I think it was by someone who's now a VC, um, who said, and was a sort of prosecutor before, and said that they asked some exchange to provide documents, and because they didn't ever check them, they had clients with names Mickey Mouse who lived in Main Street. So it's an issue, and, you know, some of them have upped, obviously, their game for because, you know, regulators are breathing down their neck. But, you know, it's it, it's always been a challenge and it may, may remain a challenge for a while, in part because, you know, you can ask for documents. It depends how much you're checking, right? And, you know, KYC and AML, to be fair, a big problem in finance in general as well. You know, we've had banks that got in trouble for it too. But in crypto, it's always been like a recurring issue. You make a good point there. I mean, if you if you look at the banking industry, it wasn't many years ago that some of the private banks got into some major troubles over KYC or, you know, even looking the other way. So should be fair to crypto to point out that it has happened in other corners of the financial universe as well. I want to come back to Coinbase because the, as we alluded to at the very start, that the bad January didn't really end there. Um, and this last week, we got another bombshell, um, and this time it was job cuts. Yueshi, you covered that. What and how significant were the cuts that they announced? So Coinbase announced that they're doing another round of layoff, this time affecting about 950 employees or about 20% of its workforce. And we know that Coinbase, um, even last year, they've they've done layoff already. In June, they laid off eighteen uh, percent of its workforce. Roughly um, twelve hundred people were affected. And then they did a smaller round um, in November, affecting sixty positions. Um, so Brian Armstrong, in his letter to employees, he said that this is really the first time Coinbase has seen a crypto cycle coincide with a broader economic downturn. And then he admitted that when he did the headcount layoff um, last year, uh, in hindsight, he should have cut even further at that time. So um, so because Coinbase is a publicly traded company, um, I think that the layoff and the general um, cost-cutting measures were not a total surprise to analysts and investors. The company um, do have to cut off, um, cut off more expenses to, to really survive through this um, prolonged crypto downturn. And then obviously Coinbase was not the only one doing um, layoff in the, in the industry. Remember, Coinbase is just the latest company to announce another round of job cuts this month. Genesis, the troubled crypto brokerage under Barry Silbert's digital currency group, cut about 30% of its workforce. Huobi is cutting 20% of jobs, while Silvergate laid off 40% of its staff. There is one thing that, that, and this is something that Armstrong pointed out, um, they are cutting also some of these projects that maybe aren't close to generating revenues or profits. But, I mean, in your view, UHG and also Anna, by all means, 
you know, when you cut like this and you cut this deeply, aren't you risking a little bit that you do away with things that might generate a lot of future potential? Yes. Um, during the bull market, Coinbase was really trying to position itself as this bridge to the broader Web3 economy. And instead of just focusing on providing a trading platform for, for clients, but we know that since the market downturn started last year, Coinbase has been course correcting. They're returning back to focus on their core revenue generating services, um, trading and staking, namely. And then they're cutting back on some of these other projects that don't immediately seem to benefit them financially. And this is something that they have to do to cut costs, but then it also will jeopardize their, their future potential uh, when it comes to diversifying their business beyond just trading. I think there's also an issue of like, you might not have a choice. Things are going really badly for exchanges in general because, you know, trading volumes are low. And in the end, exchanges in crypto have been relying on trading fees because unlike, I mean, it's been changing a bit, but unlike something like equities where fees have, have been shrinking for years and they've had to become more of data businesses or technology businesses, crypto exchange groups have been able to rely on like trading fees, be it trading fees on equities or um, derivatives or whatever it is. And so, you know, that's the way their business models were built. So if volumes are down and you have le less customers and people are just holding or are scared or withdrawing, even worse, withdrawing the crypto they have on your platform, you kind of go on survival mode. And one thing we know of Coinbase is that they're pretty good at survival mode, right? They've been around uh, longer than many other platforms. Perhaps they haven't made any big splashy like moments like we could have thought of like FTX or they're not, but they kind of have been in crypto somewhat reliably steady. And this is not their first winter. But as so, sort of Armstrong was saying himself, the difference and fundamental difference here, I think, is that, you know, it's a crypto winter coupled with like a bad macro environment. And so maybe they're starting to think it's not going to, you know, it's not going to end this year. And we have to preserve, you know, resources even more. Up next, more with Bloomberg senior crypto editor Anna Herrera and Bloomberg reporter Yue Yang on the future of crypto exchanges. We'll be right back. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Obviously, that was a sort of cataclysmic event for the market back in November when FTX filed for bankruptcy. And then it was, you know, the charges of fraud against the founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, and two of his top lieutenants. And we're now learning, crossing the Bloomberg terminal, that a judge has set a trial date of October 2nd uh, of this year. So Sam Bankman-Fried's trial on those fraud charges are set to begin in October 2nd of 2023. Hannah, What did that mean for the crypto exchange sector as such? The sort of loss of confidence that followed FTX's implosion? 
I think you made the exact right point. With um, this is really a, a a crisis of confidence for the entire industry. We've seen that following the FTX collapse, there's been concern for other major exchanges as well. And in fact, all of these big exchanges, Binance included, they have to come out and say that they're different from FTX, and they try to use various ways to prove that they have the reserves that. Clients deposit their coins always on the on their platform. So I think moving forward, the exchanges they really have to be more transparent. They have to prove that、um, they're not misusing customer funds. That's no longer taken as granted.、Um, people have this distrust about putting their their tokens on the exchange, and we've seen deposits level falling from. The exchanges as users、um, take out their tokens and move into cold storage, which they think、um, will, will be safer and give themselves more control over their assets. So, if you turn the FTX question on its head, it's also kind of an opportunity for a company like Coinbase to take some market share. Coinbase has been trying to distinguish itself as a trusted and compliant company amid all the recent crypto chaos. The CEO Brian Armstrong spoke with David Rubenstein in December. We show in our publicly audited financial statements that you know corporate cash is separate from customer funds, and you don't have to take our word for it. You know,、um, you know, a big four accounting、But、firm has、so、come in far, and proven that in these. And obviously, it's early days. It looks like it's Binance mostly that's kind of putting a a stranglehold on the market. What is the? Are there any indications? Were there indications from Armstrong about whether or not there is a void for Coinbase to be stepping into here? We have to look at it from two perspectives. On one hand, FTX was an up-and-coming strong competitor in the space, and the fact that FTX is gone, that、um, just left their customers migrating to other platforms if they still choose to stay in the space. Binance will benefit from that.、Um, Coinbase, being a U.S. Focused platform will also benefit from that, but then at the same time, Coinbase is scaling back some of its overseas ambitions. We know that as part of the job cuts that's recently announced, they're winding down most of their operation in Japan, for example.、Um, they are,、um, as Anna mentioned, they don't have choice; they have to focus on their core market and core services. So Binance is very good in the international market, and that's not. Something that Coinbase、uh, can entirely compete with. I think it's wiped out a competitor for sure, right? Like FTX US was slowly gaining ground, and they were spending a lot of money to to get US customers and retail customers, of, as we've written before. So, you know, definitely, like there's more, there's more space now. There's one less player, but at the same time, like the pie sort of shrunk for everyone, so it makes it, you know, quite hard. And I just want to finish off by talking about. I mean, as as we we talked a little bit about earlier, it's not just Coinbase. Pretty much everybody is cutting jobs. You've watched this industry, Anna, for a good couple of years now, and this is obviously like a just very significant retrenchment across the board. Yeah, I I think it's it's becoming quite protracted, and you know I I'm wondering like where many of these people are going. We had a story earlier this year about how banks were hiring some of the staff, but now I'm thinking, you know, some banks are also laying off people. Tech firms have had hiring freezes. It's quite interesting to see where where some of the talent will be. There are firms that are still hiring. We're hearing, but you know, clearly, like if 950 people 
get fired from one firm only, you know, who has the support now to hire. And, you know, one big thing is that I imagine some of the companies are still waiting for the situation to like finish unraveling. Like maybe you are waiting to see who FTX's creditors are to know if any of them are your counterparties. And then if more dominoes will fall and if you'll be exposed more. So maybe you're not inclined to make any big investments now. It is quite, quite stark. Like the situation has changed a little bit. The easy money has has stopped. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see where people end up and, you know, like if some of them go back to traditional finance and do like finance jobs, it's 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 very interesting. All right. Thank you, Anna and Ueshi. That was Bloomberg senior crypto editor Anna Herrera and Bloomberg reporter Ueshi Yang. You can find more of their reporting on the Bloomberg terminal and on Bloomberg.com. For more, be sure to check out our twice weekly newsletter, Bloomberg Crypto. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Ondam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.